Oh, yeah, we're back. Feels good, Steven. Pow, 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 pow. Bam. Punching, kicking, roundhouses. Yeah. Chinese stars, nunchucks. Doing it. We are back in the... Gentlemen Dojo. 2018, Steven. Happy New Year. First show of 2018. Yes. Really excited about this one. Yes. Really excited about this one. Uh, first of all, just want to thank everybody at Parlor Live that came out to see our New Year's Eve shows. So Great much round fun. of shows. Joel Osborne, Patrick Keene. Corinne from, from Guys We Fuck Podcast. Oh, what a blast. Great weekend. Yep. Um, and we're back in the new year. We are back. Why don't you go get our guests? I will get our... We've never done this before. It's almost like the Howard Stern Show where they come in as we are already on the air. We are on the all air. Right, you set it up and I'll go grab it. I'll set it up, yeah. So this, this gentleman that we're going to bring in is a great comic out of New York City. He's out here now. Uh, many years on Teen Wolf. A lot of folks know him from uh, a Netflix special, Comedian. Uh, it's a documentary on stand-up comedy he did with Jerry Seinfeld. This came out maybe 15, 16 years ago. He and I know each other. We I, I started uh, a few years after, after him, and we recently had a bout of miscommunication uh, that I think made us better, better friends for it. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, joining us in the doing? studio right now and got a great new Showtime special that Gary did the audience warm for, Mr. Orny Adams. Yes. Uh, How skinny do I have to be? <laughs> you got it? Look, you if Gary it? can make it, you can make it. I can make it in. You want to sit here? You want to sit here, Steve? Let's shake hands. What's up, buddy? How are you, man? It's so good to see you. This is. Uh, can you get in? Okay. This is officially the it. end. <laughs> Where am I? Jesus. Yeah, yeah that is there uncomfortable. Is. Okay. This is officially yes. the end of a 15-year feud that 15 I didn't even year. know I was in. <laughs> so this all started with. Uh, well, let me go back. A, let me go back a bit. Okay. So I was in Philadelphia. I think Prescott and Steve. Is that the show? Yeah. And. I've never been a fan of Seinfeld. I don't appreciate Seinfeld. And for me, the turning point with Seinfeld was the documentary comedian. Um, I I didn't appreciate it. And, and somehow your name came up. And I was essentially defending you on their show, saying that when you're that age, when you're that young, you should be able to make mistakes. And being somebody who just cut and edited the documentary on The Amazing Jonathan, I understand how... How you can perceive how, how your how the perceptions of somebody can be edited, and I was just thinking Seinfeld. Why do you need to do this to a young comedian's career? Whereas you could skew it a certain way, you could make the character rootable or unrootable, whatever you want to do. But I just felt the choices that they made with that film had uh, would have an impact on you and your career, and they and they have. And I felt it was unjustified because coming in. Um, to New York City, you were somebody I always knew that everybody respected because you worked your ass off. And whereas a prolific writer, a great comic, and I always felt that you were tarred unjustly because of that documentary. We can explain that. Or we can go down that rabbit hole. But, <laughs> but essentially, I, I, I defend you on the, on the radio show. You sent me a nice text message, which I, like a moron, took as Orny's being sarcastic <laughs> because I know I know Orny's act and I'm just looking at Orny uh, as the comic and not Orny offstage. And I'm like, you know, if you felt that I was this, that, the other, uh, here I'm defending reason, you and I'm just I'm, I'm just like, but but <laughs> good. The, re the reason was this. I'd worked with Orny before the weekend I worked with you. Yeah. I ran into Orny. I hadn't seen Orny in a while. And he just said, hey, if you see Steve, 
let him know I said thank you because— And you didn't he, tell me that. I did not tell you that. So he didn't tell me that. I so didn't I didn't, you Had you told me that, this would have all been cleared up. Right. So then, then Orny texts I you. shoot Orny an email going, you know what? And by the way, here I'm defending you, and you're being sarcastic. You know, I had a shitty experience with you at Bananas. You were a total <laughs> dick and dismissive and all this other shit. I couldn't figure out why you were coming at me. And then, <laughs> I go, this is so strange. And I'm like, you know, I, you know, here I'm defending you. And I've defended you uh, quite a few times on, on some different radio shows uh, as well. Like, just in Erie. I was in Erie, and somebody else had brought up Comedian. Yeah. I go, let me tell you about that that movie. And mm-hmm. tell you tell you really what I think about that film. So I, I've talked about it a few times, but but then I remember sitting in a parking garage in Santa Monica. Like my wife's like, "When are we going?" I'm like, "Just wait a second, hold on." <laughs> and I'm writing this thing to Orny, and then and then Orny, of course, is being like, "Wow, I'm sorry. I you know I <laughs> you caught me off guard, Steve." And I'm like, "No, this is the thing. This is the situation." And then all of a sudden, you tell me this in Irvine. I'm like. Oh my fucking god! I, yeah. I my my heart just dropped, my jaw dropped. Yeah. I just sank, and I felt like such an asshole. And so on the air, You're and like, even, oh my god, this makes sense now. Totally makes sense. And I, <laughs> I left on a voicemail like, yes. I'm a fucking moron. I apologize. And even prior to it was like, let's get a beer. And now it's like, definitely let's get a. But <laughs> but my apologies on the air for that situation, and, and my apologies to you uh, for what happened in New York, which I'm still not clear about which that's me you know i i'm a little uh i'm an odd dude and and i i probably yeah. wasn't cool to you which probably was my own insecurities or whatever it was yeah and it stuck i didn't know now i remember a few years ago there's a dj in florida that we're both friends with yeah yeah i go to his house in maine paul and young ron right, right. so he sends me a text hey what's up with you and steve Byrne? i go nothing I don't think any of that. I see him, but we don't really say hi. I yeah. just figured you were shy like I'm shy. Because yeah. both of us, sometimes I see you standing awkwardly, <laughs> and I'm over there standing awkwardly. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're not, uh, I'm not very, I never approach people. I'm not, right. I'm not that, I've never approached a woman in my life. I, I'm just, I'm. it's not where my securities lie. Right. I can do a show in front of 3,000 people, and I can't go up to a woman afterwards and say, wow, you're, you know. Yeah. I, I just don't have that. So, I, I I don't know that that's weird. I don't know why he would be upset at me. Because I remember Paul going, <clears throat> Orny was just here, and I was like, oh, Orny. Yeah, I think that was that was the extent of it. He's <laughs> no, like, I've heard that clip too. I've heard that. He's clip like, too. what about? I'm like, oh, I don't. You know, I, I don't think I talked, but to me, it was like. I just and, and and as the years have gone on, that's what was the good thing about this experience was like, well, Orny was like what twenty five, twenty six at the time, and I'm twenty three. It's like, who gives a fuck? We were all so different back then. So why why would I keep myself in that mindset? If especially if I think that as I'm progressing as a comic, and I'm going out to all these comic clubs, well, they know me as the twenty three year old who's jumping around acting like an. It's like it's the same thing. So I just kept thinking. I was like, we're all young. We should all have those. The, the bandwidth or the rubber band is stretched to make mistakes. And I felt like you and I definitely had that in New York City, and there was a great place to, to learn. But for me to know that that moment in time was encapsulated in a documentary, it, it, to me it was just – it was unjust in terms of how Seinfeld portrayed somebody who was energetic, optimistic – and ex- more than anything, just excited about Los Angeles and ascending new heights. And I think anybody that's doing this as a profession had the exact same thoughts that you had in your head and heart at that time, being managed by George Shapiro. You're doing a documentary with Seinfeld, the camera's on you. You're saying everything everybody else is thinking and feeling at the time. And for me, it was just like, he should be allowed to do that. He's young. But Seinfeld, 
having the foresight and the hindsight of, of a storied career should have gone, we can't do this to this kid. We can't do it. We can't put that in there. Either cut it out or find better parts to make him rootable because you want to root for the young kid because the film is about a guy that's going to write a new hour. So it's just like, by the way, for somebody who writes a new hour a day, every an hour every single day of his life as a comedian, why doesn't Seinfeld have like 25 specials? Fuck him. I can't stand him. I know you have. You may have your own thoughts, which we haven't explored, but uh-huh. that's always been my bone. And, and once I... Once I discerned that, I was like, I've lost all respect for that guy. I, I just what I, I think is amazing it. is that more comedians aren't vocal like you about this exact topic. Yeah. I, because it's not for me uh, to defend myself, nor is it for me to go after Seinfeld. I certainly have my own opinions. I think there's going to be a time where I'm at a level where I can express those opinions the way I really want to express right. them. Um, but if I were to say what you just said, I would just be a guy who was portrayed a certain way who's bitter. And right. So what I do is I take that experience and I say, you know what? It made me what I am today. Mm-hmm. It made me a stronger, better person, a person who was able to handle this experience that I've had with you, Steve. Right, of course. It, yeah. it made me stronger on stage. It, it's made me work harder. It's made me more evolved as a human. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I want to say, hey, this is a documentary which is paid for and executive produced by the documentary it's about the person it's about right i mean you could stop there of course yeah yeah i i just i felt like by the way i was curious how did you get how how did you get that part in the movie like were there a bunch of people that auditioned to be by being me but they they sought you out is that what it was but look you got to go back to the time too in new york city where Orny definitely was one of the comics that was ascending. There were there was a, there were a handful of comics that you always heard about. For example, you always heard Zach's name, always heard Zach's name in, in the clubs. Orny's name, you always heard Orny's name. So there were maybe three or four guys that you always heard. This guy's gonna pop. This guy's big. This guy's writing. This guy's smart. This guy's got it. He's got the stage. He's got it all. So I think you know when you're making that documentary, you're gonna call the clubs and go. Who's the young gun out there? And Orny's name, I'm sure, came up multiple times amongst all those club it's owners. It's actually and a little different. It, okay. It, and uh, I'll, I'll take what you said as a jumping off point. My recollection is I was working every club every night. So mm-hmm. a Thursday to Sunday, I was doing up to 24 shows in a weekend. And... I, this to me is an honor. Clubs like the Cellar and Esty would accommodate my schedule. Meaning, mm-hmm. I, Esty, I'm 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 uptown. Can we? Can I do the spot after? Every club was working with me, and I was on such a high. This was all I ever wanted as a comedian, and I thought nothing can knock me out of this mm-hmm. until Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> decides to come on the scene. And uh, do a new hour. So I'm closing all these shows, and I'm inviting girls out. I'm inviting friends. And, and all of a sudden, you're not going on. Jerry's going on. Right. And I st- I'm very vocal. That's <clears throat> right. I, I don't remember know. this. Yeah. I, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. I don't know if people know me, but I can't shut up. So if something, well, Gary, you just work with me in Irvine. <laughs> what, if anything is wrong, do I let it go? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, But it's, you it's are no. one of the guys that actually stood up. Yes. For yourself and for the other comics and said, this is bullshit. No, we all have our times. This is, this is my job. This is my occupation. I don't think I'll ever be that comic that walks in and just bumps people. I just know how important it is as a comedian, as a young comedian, you spend all day. So this is all you have. 
You wake up and you start thinking about writing, getting people to come out. This is all you have. And for a, 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 a name comic to come in and just go, hey, screw the whole lineup. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. That's what I'll never get. So that's that's not me. I would maybe come in and say, hey, is everybody cool with shaving like three minutes and I'll just do 10, 15 and get the hell out? You know. Right. So, yeah, I, I've always been... That was where I think now you're, you're bringing this up. That's so funny. I remember that. I remember hearing that. Yeah. I think the thing that hurt me most about Comedian was the backlash from fellow comedians. Mm-hmm. Because I love stand-up comedy. It's my, it's my goddamn woman. And when somebody mistreats it, it infuriates me. I have such passion for this, and I want it done right, and I think it's, it's, it's mathematical. I think it's alchemy. I think you're taking some, some common uh, uh, things and turning them into gold. I have such reverence. And for the comedy community to take this as an opportunity, because believe me, comics look for an opportunity right. to destroy somebody. Yeah. And they just tried to destroy me, and that really hurt because— I respect, and that's what I was doing. I was like, this isn't cool. This guy's coming in. He knows in advance. Let us know. Call us day up, whatever it is. And every time I walked into a club like Gotham and I saw those those cameras, those goddamn camera crew people, <laughs> I said, no. And they saw me complaining several times, and they said, do you mind if we interview you? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, sure. So they rolled the camera. Now- this is, I, I'm so naive. I don't understand show business. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that you're not supposed to say this about the number one comic at the time coming off of the greatest sitcom of all time. I just think, yeah, you just say, you just say it, right? Yeah, of course. Why, why wouldn't I? I had no showbiz savvy. Like even right now, everything I'm saying has been pre-thought out at some point or, you know, I'm, I'm editing. Right. You know, there's, I'm, I'm not as, I, I wish I could be as free as I once was. That was beautiful. <laughs> they roll the cameras. And among the questions they ask, you know, we keep seeing you all over town, and you keep getting uh, running into Jerry, and uh, have you seen his act? I go, yeah. And they go, what do you think of it? And I said, it's not good. <laughs> they go, what do you mean? I go, it's not, it's not funny. Yeah. I go, comedy. Now, I'm a guy living, breathing, eating. That's it, comedy. And I've got my stuff together. I've got my, my stuff's funny. So I go, it's, it, comedy's changed. It's gotten faster. It's the topics have changed. I said, I'm not impressed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the old, it's the old style. Uh, he's got to get with it. And they showed Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's been waiting to laugh the whole time. They showed Jerry the clip, yeah. and he said, this is what was told to me. you got to follow this guy. He's the only one that has the balls to criticize me. Oh, God, what a douche. I mean, he, he would, he, you know, <clears throat> the fact that he puts himself on the pedestal and would say something, but, but you know, this is like the crux of Seinfeld is you're right, and he's still. I'm, I'm telling you for the last time. That's the HBO special that came out a few years ago. Okay, okay, fine. What was comedian then? You're writing a new hour. I'm telling you for the last time. This is all the old shit. And then this new one that just came out. It's like you just wrote these jokes that are from your notebook from like 25 years ago, and you're doing them for the first. Like uh, you're retreading them again. It's like. What the fuck? This guy sucks. He's overrated. I cannot stand him. And I think he's a horrible person. Every time he's coming to the Comedy Cellar, there's an arrogance about him. He's not warm. I'm not saying you have to be a good person to be a great comic. I'm not saying that at all. But he's been very arrogant every time he's around. He's somebody that will only talk to those he deems worthy. Yeah. And I just think in terms of the community of comedians, if Orny walks in that room, and Seinfeld walks in that room, I'm having a beer with Orny a hundred times 
at, out of a hundred than than Seinfeld. I can't. I, I think he, and it's so funny because when you start talking about it and discussing it with other comics, they're like, you know, I've heard he's an asshole. I heard he's not a great guy. Oh, he did this to this guy. He did that. Robert Kelly's got a great story about Seinfeld. Everybody's got a story. What's his story? About, uh, I think Bobby was at the bar and Seinfeld was leaving or something and he's he's waving goodbye or something like that. And Bobby's like, oh, hey, okay, bye, Jerry. And then Jerry just looks and goes, not you. <laughs> and then Bobby turned around. It was, it was Colin Quinn that was next to him. But it was just the way he said it. And you watch that Larry King interview where he's like, you know, I wasn't canceled. I mean, do you know who I am, Larry? It's like, that's the real Seinfeld. That's him. And for me, uh, look, nobody nobody brings up the fact that it's like he dated a senior in high school. That's disgusting. And and, and I, I think illegal. But in New York, it's like, it's Jerry. 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 Look at the way he met his wife. And I'm not I'm not trying to drag somebody else's spouse into this, but you think about how he met his wife, and you do the research on it. Google how he met his wife, find out the facts, and tell me, is that somebody who's a respectable person or is that an arrogant person that's like, you know what, you just got married, you've been married a month, we should go out. It's like, that's fucked up. And maybe I'm paraphrasing, or maybe he could sit there and go, that's something, it's, it, it's totally different. It's like, she was married for a month. Hands off. Beat it. You know, that's somebody, they, she just got married, and then she gets divorced from this theater heir and starts dating Seinfeld, and now they're married. It's like, there's there's so many things that are fucked up that, that tells me that's an arrogant, the character of Seinfeld is arrogant uh, within his soul. I, I just, I don't appreciate him. I don't like his act. I think it is tired. I think it is old. I think it's a time capsule. I think it's great in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. It's great for the time. He hasn't stayed relevant. He's going to come out with this new hour special that's a hark back to all the other shit that he did in the comic strip. It's like, where's the new you? Fuck off. I can't stand him. I've never liked him. I've never appreciated him. And in all my years in New York City, if there's one comic that would come in, that I, I had the same reaction. He'd come in with those cameras, or he comes in by. I walk out of the room. I I I fucking can't stand him. I'd love to put my fucking fist through his face. That's how I honestly <laughs> feel about the guy. But that's just my opinion. I know you have your own, but uh, I, I uh, you know that's so my two they, cents on so the guy. So then they follow you now, right? We'll transition back to the movie. They start following you, because giving of- me after after wages. So for a day, I'm going to Bananas and Poughkeepsie yeah. <laughs> for $300 for a weekend, paying for a train, but paying for whatever. And they're now going to give me $565 to shoot for three days, you know, three $1,500. This is like, this is life-changing. You know, of course <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to shut up. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> but do they tell you at the time this is for the movie? Or yes. all you know, okay, you know that this is for his movie. But like, We've all been in this business long enough. We've all worked with people that are very good at getting you to say something. So what I wasn't privy to is they have a storyline in their head. They've got it all storyboarded out. They know what they need. So how I could steer one of you guys right now into saying something that I might need as a soundbite, you know, and that's sort of what I felt happened. Like there's a scene in Comedian. It's like Judge Judy. It's like she knows the answer. She's gonna she's gonna kick around and ask the questions until she gets the answer from you. Right, it, essentially what they. But doing. like even like that scene where Jerry and I actually meet up at the at Stand Up New York. That was a hundred percent staged. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told to be there. He was told to be there, and you know, it's 
I hoped with time that people, like especially with reality television, people would understand how things are edited. I'll watch reality right. shows and I'll see like two people fighting and then they'll cut to one of them and they're wearing a different shirt. Then they were just arguing. Like they'll do anything to tell this story that they right. want to make up. But, you know, Comedian is now on Netflix. <clears throat> so it's being revisited and I'm getting tweets, you know, just saw the new uh, program the new Seinfeld show and you're in it and boy are you a douche they love to call me a douche yeah. here here's the amazing thing first of all and boy you've done nothing <laughs> since it's been 15 years this came this was shot before 9-11 okay let's start there it was shot before 9-11 <laughs> then since then they go you've done nothing hey google me I've done some things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've had three specials, one on Netflix, one on Comedy Central, one on uh, now Showtime. I, I've been on a show for six years. I've done some stuff. I'm not completely yeah. out of it, okay? Of course. And, and look at my calendar. I'm filled. But here's my favorite. That ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I, we should actually pause so I can, I can catch my breath because <laughs> I, I had this realization when I was in Philadelphia. Yeah. What, what has ha- I go? What has happened? I was thinking about all the people in that film because I'm I'm the asshole in comedian, and I, I I was thinking about well Gary Shandling he's he's passed away, mm-hmm. and then in the documentary Jerry goes to see the guy he worships and loves more than anybody, which is Bill Cosby, <laughs> and I'm yeah. still the asshole <laughs> in comedian. I'm still the douche. Yeah. How how what does somebody have to do to take me out as not that? I, I'm not the bad guy. Cosby's the bad it's guy. It's like you could focus group of today and put a bunch of millennials in there and be like, Barry Katz uh, had f- more favorable ratings than Orny Adams. It's like, what kind of universe do we, yeah, yeah. what? But uh, Did yeah, you I, see, though, when Seinfeld was on Colbert and Colbert asked him if he could still enjoy Cosby's work? Mm-hmm. And he said yes, that he could push aside the allegations of Cosby and still enjoy Cosby's work. They came back from break, and I've never seen this before. They asked the, they they re- asked the, the question again. They re-asked so he the question could... again, and he said, I thought about it, and no, I can't. And so it, it was amazing that he would not stick to his guns on that. It was pretty pretty interesting. Hmm. So you're fil- oh, <laughs> so you're filming this, right? Yeah. And then and then it, it the, the film gets done, and then tell us about what happens once they release the film and how it affects you. Well, uh, a couple of things. Uh, I was Jerry— Flew me to New York at one point from Los Angeles and said, this is going to make you bigger. You're going to be the biggest comedian since Sam Kinison. You're going to be the rock and roll comedian. This is all about to happen for you. Now, what I didn't know was it was bought by Merrimax. And Merrimax, uh, and boy. That, this at the time. Yeah, was, was huge. And they edited out a lot of scenes in me. I think there were two or three. There was one where I was, like, joking with kids. There was mm-hmm. another one where I'm packing and I'm moving to Los Angeles. They made me less human, and they took out some of my stand-up. So they made me even more vilified in this documentary. Right. And uh, every time I saw the documentary, I was with Jerry, and he would nudge me and go, I used to say the same thing. We're the exact same, and people are going to love you. And I was cocooned and told, even Shapiro, my manager, you know, this is great. And then Jerry and I are working in Baltimore, and uh, uh, the show ends. And I don't know if I stayed overnight, but uh, I I go to the train station to go back to New York City. This is before the Internet because Mm – uh, I know this is the new the new Seinfeld show people are seeing on Netflix, but it was 15 years ago. Yeah. And I go to the newsstand, and I get every paper, every paper, and I sit on the ground, and I'm reading the reviews, and I go, holy shit, everybody hates me. 
Like, wow. like here's a guy, and I was like, hey, is this cool to beat up on a guy that is an unknown? Like, he's bereft of humility. So that's what the New York, uh, L.A. Times said. One person said, I'm rooting for his failure. Can Jesus. you imagine that shit? I'm a guy who can barely pay his bills in New York City trying to get my – and the mainstream press is, is saying I'm rooting for his – not everybody, but, yeah, you know. And I've since confronted some of these people, a guy in Chicago. and But, yeah, it, it, they, they destroyed me. And I noticed that the first article that came out, which was very negative, the verbiage from that article appeared in other articles. Right. They all just – they're all hacks. Yep. Um, so, so, so the impact of that obviously has got to be devastating. Now, once that occurs – are you? What are you hearing from Shapiro and Seinfeld after it premieres and after it's out there in the ether? Silence. Yeah, I mean, it, well, you know, like Jerry, when he saw my Comedy Central special called and uh, jumping up and down. But, you know, and maybe I'm young and maybe I'm naive and maybe I'm dumb, but I always had hoped that everything that Jerry said to me privately, he mm-hmm. would maybe say publicly, and he never did. Like, I, I felt like it could have all been diffused if he had gone on one of these shows instead of defending Cosby, you know, came out and said, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all kind of like this. You know, yeah, of I, course. I, I was the exact same way in most young comics, and it's a nervous energy, and he's a young kid, and, and he's going to get it together, and he's, what, what matters most is he's tremendous on stage, and this is part of his process. You know, some people have to punch a punching bag. Some people get anxious. Some people piss off Steve Burns in, in <laughs> New Jersey. But what matters is he's a great comedian, and he isn't raping people. But that, <laughs> that was never said. That was never said, unfortunately. Uh, and, and, I, and I thought... You know, George, but, you know, it's a Seinfeld's a business. And, you, of course, you what are you going to do? You, you know, you got to back that guy. And I always thought I, I remember one time now I feel like it's kind of pathetic that I even did this. But I was basically blacklisted at all, a majority of clubs in this country would not work with me after comedian. Wow. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> would not work with me. I, I was difficult. I was this. You know, whatever it was, you know this business. We're looking for a reason to hate you. Comedians right. are looking for a reason to hate. Right now, they're looking for a reason to hate me, you, everyone. So I gave them a reason on a platter, which was naive of me. But I remember telling Jerry, I go, I am i can't get work. Can you help me? And nothing. It just wow. felt no, no sort of sense of responsibility, moral responsibility. And that to me hurt me. And I, you know what? I mean, I'm sure my mentor was Gary Shanley. If I brought it up to him, he would, he would have said, it's not his job to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. and I created the situation, everything that's in comedian. I said, I take full responsibility and I now see it as a blessing as I sort of come out of this haze. And I apologize about my voice. I don't know, Gary, did you give me this cold? (laughs) Because I swear to God, you had a little bit of a cold when we worked together in Irvine and I was less funny last week. It's weird because he's so healthy. He's such a health nut. He's always kale smoothies and doing the stairs at UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so have you seen Seinfeld since? Uh, when's the last time you saw him? We, we uh, I have not seen Seinfeld. Uh, I have. Uh, I reached out to him, but yeah, no. There's no. There's there's no. Uh, you know. And I'll be honest with you. Gary Shandling was such a great mentor to me and taught me so so much and gave me so much love and was a guy, you know, that said, hey, here's a guy who's flawed. Here's a guy who's got this, you know, he can be obnoxious at times and stuff like that. But he saw such good in me and sort of worked around that. And, you know, maybe Jerry wasn't capable of that. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. 
if I was Seinfeld, I would have seen me as smug and, and, and arrogant and, and, and as a guy that was trying to knock him off his pedestal. And I, I don't blame Jerry for not liking me. I don't blame Jerry for not wanting to mentor me because I think there was a time that Jerry really wanted to mentor me. And I don't think I held that door open fully. Mm-hmm. I think that I, you know, I, I'm a competitive guy. So I don't blame him for sort of distancing himself from me, I guess, in, in some respects. But it, it was it's painful and it's it's hurtful. And, you know, it's it's a guy that that you know, says things to me privately that I, I wish he had expressed publicly and he didn't. But that's not that's not my path. That's not my my thing. My thing is I I have to just continue to do what I do. And, and thank God I have comedy and I just keep I, I can write my way out of this and perform my way out of it and become better. And, and hopefully other comedians look at me and look at my special and say, yeah, I, I want to be like that guy or I, I respect that guy and I respect his process and what he's doing. And I swear to God, Steve, I told you this in the text. I, I'm, a, I'm a nice guy. I, 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 and, I, and I I don't yeah. I'm like you. I heard what you said on that that um, um, that, that, you know, that radio show about me in, in Philadelphia that we go to bed and we know that we haven't hurt anybody and we don't try and hurt people. Of course, we, yeah. m- there may be casualties along the way, and, and I apologize for that. But I, I know I'm a, a good person. And I, I think that, that that to me is more important than if I never sell another goddamn ticket in my life is that people say, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, he was a nice guy and I respected his work. And even when you were a nice guy, I was like, "You're not a nice guy." Which is <laughs> I can't win. So fucking horrible. But but I do apologize for the for misreading it and everything. And I'm glad that we cleared the air. Cause... I just I just love that he told me oh. that story. He's like, "I just want to reach out to Steve. If you see him, tell him I said thank you for and what he, he said in the interview." I didn't. And I was like, "You know why?" Because I was like, "I'm going to see you next weekend. I'll tell you then." I had no idea he was going to text you. And then I told you when I saw you, "Hey, Orny wanted me to tell you." You're like. Oh fuck! Like, <laughs> and then, I saw... then Gary goes, "What?" And I was like, "You're never gonna believe this." And Gary started fucking howling, just howling, like, "Are you serious?" And I'm, I'm like, like "I'm you... a fucking idiot." You're, and then you read me that, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can see how I completely misread." And I this read whole it to thing. Gary, and I'm like, "I completely misread it. I'm a fucking idiot." As I'm reading it, I'm like, "I'm a moron. I'm a fucking moron." So I'm glad we cleared the air, and well, I, I I left you like a voicemail. I'm just like, oh, it was, oh, it was, god, it was so beautiful. And, and I meant to call you, and this is where I get nervous because I'm like, I, I owe Steve a phone call, but I, I'm. But I'm, I'm glad I'm I'd rather do it here so we can, if we're going to have this conversation, why not have the conversation? Because I'm not somebody that takes private issues. I've never posted a picture of my kids or my wife online. Mm-hmm. I don't like taking private issues publicly. But if we're on the podcast, we're both comics. Yeah. And I, I think it goes to the core of the misunderstanding of you in general, um, not only with the film, but myself. I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. So I, I thought it'd be fun to explore that publicly because even hearing you talk it's just like what comic has had a bigger hurdle than you uh, we all have our socioeconomic uh, upbringings that could bring along some travesties along the way or whatever but as a young comic to have been working with such an icon um and be put in that in the microcosm of a documentary that's huge at the time. That's our world. Every comic was talking about that. And you're putting this documentary. And to know the ramifications afterwards and the blowback that you had to deal with alone, by yourself, in complete solitude. No one's helping you. He's not helping you. Shapiro's not helping you. And you got to deal with it. And that's only going to make you 
to me, I mean, what comment can you think of overcame something in the business bigger than that? I personally don't, I can't think of anything. When did you feel like things started to kind of calm down and you were placed in a different light and kind of could do your thing again? How many years did it take? I I don't know if I'm, I'm either, I don't think I've overcome it yet. I I still think like every person I, it's very weird to know anytime I meet somebody, a comedian or somebody in the business, they already have a an opinion about me, right. a predisposed opinion, a prejudice, perhaps sometimes great. There's a lot of people that love me in comedian. Mm-hmm. They get it. They get it. And then there are other people who don't get it. And so it's very bizarre. And I think it's something that I'll never overcome. It'll always be a part of me. You know, Brooke Shields said, it's your blue lagoon. It's going to be talked about in every interview, every, right. you know, and, 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 and that's that I, I, I do, and, and I love you, Steve. I love you for being as vocal as you are. And, and I, I, in my heart, I, you know, I always wish that, that earlier other people and more people would have expressed if they had these feelings. I right. wish, I, I, I felt like the comedy community turned its back on me. And I always felt like I was a f- fair representation of, of comedy and was trying to give it a, a, a good name. Yeah, uh, look, when I... You know, I remember even watching the doc for the first time. I went to some, you know, independent theater in, in New York and saw it. And every, every comic's like, you got to go see this. You got to see this. To me, the Orny I I like and appreciate is the guy with the file cards. With yep. the, with the, that's the Orny I know. Because every time Orny was at the clubs, it was disheveled papers always <laughs> in your hand with you. And I was like, that's a joke writer. That's a guy that's constantly writing. And for me who was more physical at the time, I was like, I got to get to that. And so there were guys in New York City I looked up to, and you were one of those guys for me early on, and then we worked at Bananas, and that was our own incident. And that's the worst, is when you work with somebody that you respect. And this is where my own insecurity comes in. Well, I would think, why would anybody respect me? So it it wouldn't even. <laughs> well, that's true though, because I I've been on the shoe's been on the other foot for me, and I'm like, why the fuck, you know, get out of here, kid, or whatever. Yeah. So I completely understand. Yeah. And I, and I'll have you uh, just so you know, I, I I'd now, love to open for you. I, <laughs> I'd love to open for you. Um, and now we're sharing G- Gary Cannon. Sharing Gary. Who would ever? Who would ever <laughs> who thought ever they would thought, say that? In show this this, is, <laughs> how this pathetic. Is, this is worse than comedians. It's a custody <laughs> battle of uh, Gary Cannon. Um, you know, I. I Again, comedian brought this out. It made me so aware. So now, when I go to a club, like mm-hmm. I was at uh, Michigan at uh, Ridley's. Right. I love that club. I said to the opening acts, I said, I just want you to know I'm very to myself, um, I, I, and I will not watch your show until the final show because uh, it gets in my head. So I don't want you to feel insecure if I say uh, if you don't, if I don't go up to you and go, hey, great show, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I want you to know, here's my contact information. If you have any questions after this week about comedy, please awesome. contact me. Yeah. But I now know, and I know my process when I go into clubs. You know, I, I'm an odd dude, and and that's. But you know, again, I I think the rich tradition of comedy is helping and helping yeah. people get to that that next level. Youth youth should grant you the allowance of failure and mistakes and I f- I feel again in editing this amazing docu- amazing Jonathan documentary. Look, this is a guy with a lot of faults. A lot of skeletons in his closet and and he's admitted it to me and his friends have admitted it to me. And when we're making the documentary, we're cutting it, and we're spending all these hours, it's like we can't put that in. We're not putting that in. His mom's going to see this. He's going to see it. And, and and believe me, I, I put things in where you walk the line because you don't want to neuter it. 
Yeah. But it's also like, I want people to root for this guy. I want people to like him. He's not a polarizing figure. So am I doing it just to be edgy? So when I'm editing it, I, I kept thinking about comedian, to be mm. completely honest. And, and I kept thinking about Seinfeld didn't need to do that. And I'm sure he's looking at it because I'm sure he's controlling to a degree and he's going to see that final edit. And if he, if you have if you have a heart, if you have some sense of moral compass, you got to go, I don't know. I, I don't know that I feel comfortable putting this out edited the way that Orny's edited. Let, let's soften it up or let's make him rootable or whatever the case may be. But again, that goes to my sense of characters, of, of Seinfeld's character. Time and time again, he's he's shown who he is in the public eye, even with that hug with Kesha. No, I'm not going to hug. No, I'm not going to hug you. I don't, I don't want to hug you. It's just like, that's him. And I'm not saying you have to be a good person. I, I, I would just like to see a sense of moral compass in his actions and how he's acted. And to me, again, the biggest disservice he's done in the world of stand-up is that documentary. Well, it, it's I just funny, by the way, because what, what's great, and when I worked with Orny the weekend before I worked with you, Orny very meticulous on what he wants for the show. And, yep. and because you want the audience leaving with a great show. So when I Orny cares. In, yes. He cares most about the show. Don't. He cares about his act. He cares about— And most clubs yeah. don't. Most so, clubs don't, yeah. So when, when you walk mm-hmm. into the club and there is a moat— in the front row that's empty and you find out it's going to be a corporate Christmas party there who are going to talk over the show, who don't give a shit about the show, you say, what the hell's going on? Why can't we move them to the back? And they were an immediate problem for you. Mm -hmm. Now, what's crazy is they tell Orny, hey, don't worry, this isn't going to happen again. Won't happen again, (laughs) not going to happen again. Meanwhile, his week is winding down. Of course. He's going to leave. They're going to say he was difficult, boom, 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 but it's not going to happen again. I'm there a week later with you. Now, why would the opener be there twice in in two weeks? So I'm there. I know the conversation the club had with Orny. Never, never, never. Now we get there Friday night, first show, huge moat open right in the front row. It's a company party. And again, all they want you to do is leave because then they're going to bring in the next person. Same shit happened. They don't give a shit. Same about. exact shit happened. We're Same texting exact... each other after that. And, and it's just and, like, and, it's... and there was a guy, and I got to tell you, he, he Orny went out, and there was a guy in the front row who had been a problem all night. No security, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's making a paper airplane right in the front row, and Orny, before he even gets to his act, is like, "Dude, you got to go." <laughs> You got to go. And the same thing happened with the cell phone, remember? The guy is sitting yes. there, and you brought it up to me because a guy is showing, during the show, showing his friends pictures. Look at this. Dude, there's a fucking, sh- give me your phone. Can I see the picture? He goes, yeah, check the, I take it. I go, now you're not fucking getting, now nobody's seeing any pictures. Right. It's like, we're not substitute teachers. No. We're it's so disheartening. entertainers. It's and, so disheartening. And what's funny is every employee is throwing everybody under the bus. Hey, where oh, were you? The buck. Hey, where were you? Oh, uh, well, they told me that I should be in the kitchen. Hey, why'd you tell me he should be in the kitchen? I never said he should be in the kitchen. Yeah. I told him he should be out there with, with the security. You saw the security sitting in the ticket booth when we were having problems, when we were outside with your merch. And they're like, well, we were told that we should be in there. And then we asked the manager. We never said that. Everybody is making excuses, and then the minute you leave Sunday night, they're like, "Huh, thank goodness," because they figure the new comics coming in, they don't know what just happened. Right? Yeah. So it's it's the guy was making a paper airplane in the front row, going you, like going like this, like you know he was going to launch up. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I go. There's no way this paper airplane's landing on my stage. Yeah. And I threw the guy out in the first minute. It might be the quickest yeah. toss <laughs> in the history. I I walked out. He's going like this. I go. You got to go. <laughs> and now it. there's a group of forty people for a holiday party, and I'm tossing one of them out. 
But fuck then, it, it had to be done. Had to be done, and then half of them hate me. Yeah. And and then afterwards, you're outside selling merch, waiting for one of them to come up and just you know punch you in the face. Yeah. And nobody's there to protect you. It's, well, it was funny. We were also at your merch table, and a couple of guys, again, no security, a couple of guys, they're all like, we loved you, we loved you. And Orny's like, hey, let me just sell the merch really quick, and then we'll do all the pictures, boom, boom, boom. And uh, those guys were, th- like, taking selfies in front of mocking everybody. Mocking us. Yeah. Mocking, making faces, like, with them in it. Yeah. And, and like, then all of a sudden, you know, Orny gets a security guy, and they get asked to leave. And all of a sudden, these guys who three minutes before loved the show, fuck them. They were assholes. <laughs> they sucked. Yeah. But it's comical. I mean, it, it's com- and nobody's taking accountability. Nobody. Literally, three days later, we had the same, yeah. same problem. Well, I'm glad you got, you, you know, I, I'm sure the experience of comedian has only made you not only a stronger person, but a stronger comic. And then congratulations on the Showtime special. More than loud. More than loud, that just came out, and you yeah. did the warm up on that as well. Yeah. By the way, and I will tell you, raving this, about it. By the way, after, afterwards, I, I will tell you this, and, and you know, obviously, I know that you were thinking about eighty other things. You, it's so funny because the special was an hour. You were on for an hour and thirty for that first show because of so many applause breaks. It was crazy. Wow. And I remember a producer from the special comes up to me between shows and says, "Hey, listen, for that second show." Can we instruct them to laugh a little bit more rather than applaud? Really? Yes. That's disgusting. And I said— That infuriates me. I that said, really happened? I am, yeah. And I said, I am not going to make that announcement. Yeah, you can't manipulate the I, That's you know crazy. What? The Who would minute, say that? The minute you start giving them rules— They're conscious about it. Now 100%. That, now they're in their head and they, they can't pay attention they, to the they, show. They said, you know, the, the first show was just too clappy more than— la- I was like, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it was a great show. Yeah. And it was, just, it was funny to me that that would even be an issue. And it is— what it is. So what More Than Loud represented was a, a, accumulation, cumulate, what is the word? Accumulation. Accumulation. Yeah. There's an A in front of it now? There's a, uh, a, 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 a culmination. Cum- yeah, that word. Culmination. Cum- yes. I'm so, I don't know what my brain is. So uh, let's mark that to edit that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can uh, tell he's got his finger on the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been doing this 25 years. And there have been people that have been watching me for a lot of it out here. And they're sort of fed up with why Why don't more people know this guy? Why hasn't? Because there are people, believe it or not. By the way, there are people in the out there that believe who they see on either it's Last Comic Standing or America's Got Talent is the funniest comedian. Of course, yeah. They don't get casting. They don't get that they're gatekeepers, that they're things. And I think that there's a, been a frustration with some of my fan base and they showed up it, uh, see I, I thought this I thought it was at a sh- soccer match I'd never heard such cheering like That's stomping great. feet cheer and what you're gonna pull that out you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna say let's ha- let's have them less enthusiastic you know it was but you said even with that special it was a lot of just work that all you wanted to do was focus on your hour that's all you wanted to do and then they're telling you hey if you need a water bottle maybe you should get that like so many little things you're like why am I worrying about and it just shows you people were kind of pawning things off on you when you should have been just focused on the hour I ended up being uh, involved in in every aspect of it that I didn't anticipate being involved with including color correction in the audio and I'm very audio specific because I believe that great audio trumps everything. Yeah. And we hung, uh, we, we hid microphones in the audience close to people that we knew were good laughers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we sat people in certain sections to end up. Uh, and I work off mic a lot and I scream and, and uh, it's very sort of technical. 
and I flew a guy in that's done all three of my specials, and we designed it for the room, and uh, and I was heavily involved with that. And uh, the jib shot, I was designing jib shots and camera angles, and and uh, you know the look of it. There were so it, what I'm trying to say is, <clears throat> if you want something to come out the way you want it to, don't expect it to. Right. Uh, uh, my dad had happened to uh, send me a uh, video of Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. And I saw this video and I said, wow, that is so raw. It's like shot up. He's sweating. He's going in and out of frame. And there are these like three lights behind him. And I said, I want my special shot like that. Yeah. Raw. Like really in your face. The guy doesn't look good. I don't want to, I don't need to look good. Now I regret that. I wish I looked better. But, you know, I don't need heavy makeup. My hair, I'm not going to get my hair cut for this thing. I'm just going to go out there and put it all out on the line, sweating. And it had, it had that look. Right. And I threw blue on the audience because I wanted it to sort of have a soothing effect mm-hmm. because I'm very, I'm very big and, and, a lot of testosterone and I wanted to even it out. So I, I ended up being more involved with all aspects of it, but there's, and it nearly killed me. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot I'm not discussing, but it's the only <laughs> way to get something done. Right. right. I yeah. just remember one of my favorite moments is he's out there and probably at the hour 15 minute mark and he's going off on a rant and he goes to the back. He's walking to the back of the stage and he's yelling, yelling, yelling. And he looks to the left and he sees me standing there and he just smiles at me and then turns around and finishes the rant. <laughs> it was just like the funniest moment of you know, just like a behind the scenes. Like, like let me get back into this. It yeah. was really funny. It, it's got to drive you crazy, though, a little bit because you're so prolific at writing, performing, the art of comedy. Does it drive you crazy when you see these new comics that come out? They say they have an hour of material after two weeks they want to be on the road they've done comedy six months they want to try to be on you know the the fallon show or conan mm-hmm. like does that drive you up a wall or you don't give a shit about that well i'm into paying your dues so it bothers me that they don't understand that that's what it takes like you guys know having done comedy as long as you've done it we can look at a guy the way he touches the microphone stand when he gets on stage we can go this guy hasn't been at it that yeah. long so you can if you want to just leapfrog and take the American Idol approach and just you've got a good voice. But the reason Mick Jagger is great is because he's put in his time. Right. And you've got to, you know, you got to put Buddy Guy's one of the greatest guitarists of all time. And that's because he put in the time. He was on, you know, shitty venues and porches and playing until his fingers bled. And that's why he's amazing. So for me... Uh, it's always been about doing whatever it takes to be the best and not taking any shortcuts. And even Patrice O'Neill, there was a time he was offered something substantial. And he said, I'm just not, I'm not ready. Yeah. I couldn't believe he said that. And I go, no, no, take it. But that's, so I'm into the process. I respect the process and I think it works. What, what are your goals for 2018? What do you, what do you want to get done? Well, you know, obviously I'm working on, on a new hour. That thing was shot in September and started airing in December. And I did, uh, I aired 80 minutes. Wow. And it's really tight. So now I'm sort of left with now what? Like, I yeah. thought I was going to have more time. You know, I thought this was going to air like in May of next year. And I yeah. so now I. Well, that's always a sign that it's great product and they want to get it on as soon as possible. And Showtime said to me, hey, can you get it to 60 minutes? I said, no, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I said, they said, well, we're not going to. We're not going to be able to air it that much. And they aired it the first two weeks 45 times. Jesus Christ. That's and they, awesome. Wow. And it's still airing, and it's now going to air until uh, – and they've been really behind it and really great. They've taken out advertising. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. So uh, they've, they've been a great partner. I think mine's aired four. <laughs> four times. No, um, it hasn't. It's aired no, more than, And it's on demand. I see it on, on demand. demand. Uh, so um, 
So new hour, are you writing anything in particular for yourself or any other projects you have uh, on the horizon for yourself? There's always stand up, stand up, stand up. Yeah, you know that's 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 where I, I'm I'm really only good at one thing, mm-hmm. as it turns out, stand up. Yeah, like that's it. I'm okay at everything else, relationships. Like, how do you guys do it? I, I'm curious. Like, you're married and you're working on the road that much. How do you? Well, you're on the road more than I am, and you found a good balance. Yeah, look, I think it comes down to the fact that I got a really patient, secure wife, and she gets it. She's She knows the gig. She's come on the road with me early on for many years, uh, many places I went, so she understands the process of being on the road. Um, what does she do? She was a fifth-grade teacher. Now she hangs at home. That's great. Uh, yeah, she's, she's great. What, did you say something? No. Oh, I thought you, you said know something what? shitty no. as usual. But I, I didn't know. <laughs> I think that my, my goals for 2018 are more personal. Um, I think that the career is, is is on a path now, and there's this machine that's behind me. I've mm-hmm. got one of the greatest agents. You know, it's like one of those stories where I just got lucky. This guy's behind me, unlike, and Gary, you met him that night. You know yeah. him. The guy, he really believes in me and is really taken with heart uh, and, and developed me. And I'm so fortunate about that. So, I mean, I, I think for 2018, you know, it's I got I got to meet somebody. I got to get some stability. <laughs> I knew I was bigger. Jesus Christ. Hey Bert, guys, would you like to... You know, I'm talking about... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bert Kreischer just walked in completely oh naked. Completely naked. Uh, it's cold, apparently. Wow. Yeah, very cold. That was the weirdest thing. That's what it takes to get the numbers on social media. <laughs> I'm not willing to do it. I'm not willing but to do it. I don't want it. Here's, I, here's what's <laughs> weird. I'm, I'm talking about my social life. And how that's what I'm going to work on yeah. in 2018. And then Bert Kreischer <laughs> walks in naked. It was like a an angel. But oh, Can I just say something about that? <laughs> that's not what I want in 2018. Is, you know what's Christ. weird? To get to our studio, you got to walk down a hall. There's people around. Like, he didn't come in with a towel and drop the no, towel. There's... He comes in buck naked down yeah. the hall. Like, there's no. By the way, he, <laughs> the guy filming him is only filming from the waist up. So why are you naked? You don't have to be naked. You could have just come in and pants. Oh, that tea leaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Meanwhile, Marty. he's buck naked and he's he's not selling in good out. shape. <laughs> and I'm selling out. I'm <laughs> I'm concerned. How small was that dick? <laughs> Jesus out. Christ! I wouldn't mind a little bit of prep time, <laughs> but I gotta shoot promos to move tickets to West Palm. It seats fucking five twenty. By the way, he's filming you from the waist up. Is he filming you? Uh, no. <laughs> I shot that as a promo. Uh, that's my whole career move right now is just shooting promo videos. Chrysler, I'm glad you're here yeah. because you were in New York City. We're discussing. Oh, uh, I, I was at, in the waiting room with Orny. And I think what, what's really interesting about this conversation, and I don't know what you guys have talked about already, but I think that I have recently realized that what I believed people thought about me is not the truth. Right. My perception of what, of how people receive me, we, Orny and I were saying that I remember Patrice. I remember saying to Patrice, "I'm so glad we got to become friends." And Patrice going, "We're not friends. <laughs> I'm not your friend. I'm just a guy you work with." Yeah. And I remember getting my feelings hurt. And he's like, "Oh, don't be like that. Like we're just guys that work together that happen to know each other." Right. It's the difference between friends. Like you and Steve Renazizi are legit friends. Mm-hmm. Me and Segura are legit friends. Me and you are legit friends. But right. when was the last time our parent, our families got together? Right. Like, uh, where do I know. fit in? <laughs> anyway, Orny is <laughs> Orny, me and you are friends No, but Orny, no you're not Orny was such a he volatile character when we started You know, like you were I think you were like a, a class ahead of me and Steve Definitely Like you were a little yeah. older You'd come in, you'd meet guys like us And 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 
I think Gary Goldman's your class, right? Yeah. I think like Burr. No, he, you know, Bobby. I, right. I. That's what I said to Burr. I, Burr claims I'm a class bef- after him. Really? Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. But I thought, you know, when I was in Boston, it was me and Burr and Patrice and Dane and Goldman and, and uh, Kelly. Kelly. Um, yeah. Those are the names I always – none of them ever cite me, but I always say their names. <laughs> well, Dane – yeah, Dane is – I don't think Dane sees himself in a class, to be dead honest with you. Not, I'm, not sh- I'm not shitting on Dane, but I don't right. think he – Dane's always been an entity – like he always saw himself a little different than everyone else. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't hang with anybody else. He doesn't he's not friends with anybody. No circle. Yeah, he's he's not a clique. He's a clique of himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but my 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 gripe with like comedian um, was more lied more in with Seinfeld. I always had an issue with Seinfeld because he's got final edit. He's seeing all the edits. He's the one that could say, "We can't put this out." This young kid. He's allowed to make mistakes. He should be able to. To be able to make mistakes, and we should uh, sway this to make him more rootable. And for me, as a comic, I, I I got to a point recently where I was just like, the way Seinfeld orchestrated it was a dick. Because at the end of the day, he's on that poster, his name, he's overseeing it all. Yeah. And for me, as a comic, I'm just like, if you're going to do a disservice to another comic, there's not a more glaring example than comedian. Uh, I I remember I distinctly remember the first time I saw comedian, and I remember thinking. I remember the word got out on the street that like, uh, yeah, Orny's in it, but man, it does. It's not good for Orny. And I think every comic took a little joy in that, going like, "That's what I said." Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we definitely. love to knock him down. Oh my God, it's one of our favorite things to do as comics. And I, on a silver platter, I said, "Here you go." Uh, the first scene when you get past at Montreal and you're sitting in the sidewalk, really stressing again, was the first time I went. I, that's when I went. Oh, this is not going to be this uh, feast I thought it would be where I felt better about myself. <laughs> and I remember watching that going like, oh, this is legit how sometimes we feel. It's like, yeah, you can f- you, even all, all the achievements aren't going to fix the broken thing. He said all the things every young comic feels. Everything. Absolutely. Everything. And then, and then. And I'm, by the way, there isn't a, there isn't a, a gig I've done that, that where the sun is out that I don't imagine that scene of him <laughs> kicking open the door going, look, the sun, you can't do comedy when the sun's out. Yeah, yeah. Every gig I've ever done that's a corporate or anything, I've always thought of it every time. Like, yeah. a, like a one-hit wonder. I'm just like, that's such a fucking great, it's always in my head. Or when you shit on Stephen Wright and you're like, and or, or not Stephen Wright, but Barry, and I've been in that situation yeah. where you're talking shit about a comic. I said, I'm not going to say the comic, but I've talked, I've taken down legends, drunken. <laughs> And been like, I've been shitting on Seinfeld this whole podcast, dude. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Yeah, I have no problem with shitting on legends because that's part of what we are as comics. Is like, no nah, man, the second you think you're too cool and you hire a staff of writers to go in the back and watch you do a set and then write your hour for you, yeah. you're not me. You're not me. Uh, look, I'm a guy who writes my shit. I perform my shit. I edit my shit, and that's it. And yeah. and so I have no problem taking shots at legends. But and so when I saw that, I went, I've been there. Well, I was sort of trying to defend myself. Like, well, why is Barry Katz, why are we even mentioning him? Why is he in my green room in Montreal? No, He's but, not- what, but what you, I think what you're, you're, you're missing what, you're missing what I saw as a comic. What I saw as a comic was that time. <laughs> why is Steve laughing so much? Because Steve it's hates great. Barry. <laughs> no, no, no. Barry and I buried the hatchet, but I, I understand what he's saying. No, but what I saw. I like Barry, but I What mean, I saw in that was. I love Barry. Hubris. Because you had gotten past the point where you needed a guy like Barry Katz, who is was honestly like a like a fifty on the scale of what you could get as a manager. You got the number one manager in the business, and Barry Katz peeks his head in your room, 
And part of you, and this is what I saw, was like, fuck you, Barry. You're nobody. Look at this room right now. You wow. don't deserve to be in this room. And wow. I've been there. We've all been there. The person that said you won't sell a ticket in this, and then all of a sudden you sell them out and they stick their head in the green room. They've never once said hi to you ever. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, man, uh, I guess you sold some tickets this week in Cincinnati. And you're yeah. like, And you're like, yeah, you know what? Go fuck yourself. You've never once been on my team, and now you want to say hi? I saw that. And That's I'm, interesting because I never thought of that. I, I think you're probably right. Gar, uh, um, uh, Barry uh, is a good Gary. <laughs> Gar, <laughs> Gar. Why is Barry Katz in my green? <laughs> so it just didn't make yeah. sense. So Here's a guy that had every opportunity to represent me several times. Yes. Never yes. wanted to. Yes. And now he's got some advice for me. And <laughs> George, why aren't you sticking up for me? And I'm just trying. I'm just like sitting there. The camera's on me. There's tension. I'm about to go on stage in front of New Faces of Montreal. And... You know, he brings up Stephen Wright, who was an idol of mine. I mean, I love Stephen Wright. I'm from Boston. This is a guy who did it. He went on The Tonight Show one time and then just took off. But where is he? Like, what happened to him? How come he isn't still? Right. And that's a legitimate thought. It's I, a legitimate, legitimate thought, yeah. And I'm sorry. I have nothing. I love Stephen Wright. I still have such respect for him. I've never met him. I'd love to shake his hand. I would apologize to him if I hurt him. No, but Jesus it's a conversation Christ, you don't understand what I did to Stephen in Poughkeepsie, <laughs> in New Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. No, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, it's, it's all my, but my own doing. I've offended everybody. No, but, what, but what you said about Stephen Wright <laughs> is something you'd say at a bar with a bunch of comics. And then someone would go, oh, actually, he's directing movies. And you go, oh, cool. Right. But you were forced to defend yourself because there's cameras there. You're like, what has he done lately? Like, because that is the truth. I haven't seen but him again, on anything. And then Barry goes, oh, he pivoted. He's do- directing movies. And it made you look, like, ungrateful. But, or- he, but he's justified saying that because what movie did he direct? Well, I don't. Did, it's I, like, we, but but, same but thing none of us can name it. You got four comics in here. Can can anybody name the? You know, n- it's called El Tacos or something. Or is that <laughs> Mitch? But you know what I mean. It's like I, I don't know it. But what's yeah. a manager? Uh, these days, <laughs> uh, if we're going to be very candid, I'm not really sure. No one knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. No one knows. It was when we were kids. It was someone that would take your career to the next level. Right. But when you become a man and you realize, <laughs> oh, I need you to just make sure that there's a car to pick me up. Yeah. Really. Now, Bert, and I asked this question earlier because I I, I love that there are guys now in the comedy community like like Steve and and yourself that are more outspoken about. Comedian, why did it take 15 years for the comedy community to sort of come around and say these things? Same reason that no one's saying anything about T.J. Miller's uh, assault charge. How are we comparing me to because Miller? because a lot of guys <laughs> a lot of guys won't talk about this Me Too thing because you're afraid once you throw your hat in the ring, then you look like a guy throwing rocks in a glass house. Look, I've been on TV sets for fucking 10 years. I don't know what I've said to people. I've never, I've never held anyone down and assaulted them. I've never smacked anyone on the ass. Bullshit! But I'm not you just gonna... walked in naked oh, yeah. and okay. exposed <laughs> yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So at See? least three heterosexual men. That is definitely, that is definitely a me too. That is definitely a me <laughs> yeah. too. If not a me three. If not a me three. <laughs> but like, yeah. But you know for a fact that I've got that in me. <laughs> oh my god. I also, I, I think part of it though is that we were all younger then too. We were growing up with you. We're all kind of and there was no Twitter. We couldn't age. like share our opinion the way we did then. You saw me on La Brea how many times? <laughs> A lot. One time. Yeah, but I never talked shit about you ever about comedian. I talk shit about you for a reason. You have no fucking idea. <laughs> what is that it? is so good. It's so good. We're uh, we're walking down La Brea <laughs> one time. I'm with my wife, and. Uh, and my wife. I have a I big see- skeleton on you too, so be careful. Oh, love well, it. I, no, I, okay. I'm, my skeletons are all open air. Um, 
or at least I think they should be. Yeah. Um, and so I see Orny and I say yeah. hi to Orny and I'm like, oh, cool. It's you know, it's good seeing you or whatever. And we leave and my, I'm with my wife and she goes, how do you know that guy? I go, he's a comedian. She goes, yeah, I know that. How do you know him? I said, I know him from comedy. She yeah. goes, oh, she went out on like a like a party date with you and Brendan mm-hmm. McMahon, mm-hmm. and she was right before comedian came out, and she was like, he's like the biggest comic in all of comedy right now, because I guess Orny was like talking about how big comedian was gonna be, yeah. and then it came out, and then I started dating Leanne. And she just assumed he he had skyrocketed to the next level. Yeah. So we went to Cabrea. You remember Cabrea right by our, our yeah. place? Yeah. We went to Cabrea, and she was like, and I was like, wait, tell me more about this night. And it was just this fucking trickle she down. She made a of, mistake. No, no, I don't think they ever. Please, please tell me your secret isn't you fucked my wife. Oh, please tell me that skeleton. Oh my god. <laughs> please tell me that skeleton. Steve, if we're about to elevate my wife. Dude, we're, by the way, we're about to elevate the this podcast. Just great for the dojo. Just this is going to be our machine story. sake of me <laughs> keeping my marriage together on my anniversary. If that is your secret, do not fucking tell it. Steve. I do not want to know that fucking secret. Steve. Can we open that bottle of Bushmills? We're about to we're I got to get the fuck out of here. Steve, we're about to get sponsorship. <laughs> oh. We're heading to a new network. Joe Rogan just texted me. <laughs> oh, Adam Crowley just texted me. <laughs> I just killed my Jameson. <laughs> I was going to ask that to Jamo. Nerdist, here we come. Yeah. No. Wow. Go ahead, Orny. Wait, wait. What's yours? Yeah. I love oh, her. I have kids with her. <laughs> Orny is so glad right now. He's just smiling. I'm looking at my video. <laughs> See if the he kids knows look he's like got Orny. this one over my head because even if it's true or not true, I already believe it. <laughs> Just leave it. Just leave it. I don't know what yours is. No, don't do that of like. <laughs> he's not God doing anything. Fucker. What do you mean? He's not doing anything. He's yeah. just hanging. Hey, pass me that ba- bottle of Black Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking going to go home and start a fight with my wife. <laughs> uh, let's change the subject. What do you guys want to talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. Oh, my gosh. Wow, you were you are going for it. Yeah, well, we, were doing, we were doing the Something's Burning promos. And oh. so. They had they had a, a drink on the table. I'm not gonna not drink it. Is it? Of course. That's, that's not urine, right? Excuse me. Nothing. <laughs> no, it's not urine. It shouldn't be urine. All right, tell me what yours was. For no, real. no, no, no. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, right now, if you're a podcast listener, you're going. This is what gold is. Oh. I'm driving a forklift right now, saying to myself, "Fuck yeah! Please let this last three hours." Oh my gosh. By the way, we're, we're we're literally getting ready to wrap up with Orny. You come in buck naked. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the, the tone just went. I needed to sell tickets. I got fucking, it's 500 seats, and I'm doing six shows. It's 3,000 tickets. I'm no. not kidding. I'm there in August. Is that a good time to be in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. In Florida's Muggy. Winter time in Florida is the time to be. I'm doing the West Palm Beach Improv in August. Summer dates, this is what I've learned. Summer dates are hard to sell tickets across the country. Yeah. In Syracuse, impossible. Unless you're Aziz or somebody like that. You know Are you I mean. doing video on this? No. <laughs> Say his name again. Aziz. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Um, now, where are you guys New Year's? If you want I, to plug uh, in. We're in the same. I'm in yeah, Tacoma. He's up uh, by oh, us. Oh, shit. Wait, how far is Tacoma from Seattle? It's, well, it's the SeaTac Airport. Seattle Tacoma. Uh, it's 25 minutes outside of Seattle, I think. Is yeah. it really that close? It's a great club. Oh, Tacoma Comedy Club, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They, I, I've done same that. Same place yeah. with the Spokane people, and Spokane's a fucking phenomenal club. Yes, oh, nice. and the owners—they are so. Have you worked there? 
I'm gonna I, give I've them done your the, name. I've done the the one that you're doing. Yeah, I yes. did that uh, last year. Yeah, I had the, a great time. The w- owners are awesome. They're so nice. In the green room, they have these like antique drawers filled with candy, which is great for like I I like candy like you like to drink. Can I tell you something? You're no, you're, you're gonna let me selling it. You're underselling <laughs> it. You're gonna let me finish. No, you're Bert underselling Kreischer. it. You're underselling it. They have these drawers filled with candy. They have eight fucking drawers filled with. 19 different candies. I didn't get to, I was about to say that, Bert. <laughs> I was about to uh, discuss all the different sections and stuff like that. You didn't, you had to cut me off huh. because you're still in pain. I just wanted to fuck <laughs> one thing first before you did. So, wow. um, <coughs> well, anyway. Orny did fuck one thing before you did. Was it, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And then when you leave, the wait staff, like, puts together a nice card and they write like nice things to you. Thanks yeah. for yeah. coming. And I mean, it's really, wow. you feel, you feel like an entertainer. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be near you. Well, technically this, uh, this Are podcast is tomorrow? the first of the, uh, yeah, I'm January. flying out tomorrow. Yeah. We're all flying. Are tomorrow. we all on the, uh, the, uh, 1130 Delta? I'm on American. Wait, where are you going to? I go private. Uh, Seattle. <laughs> private. <laughs> <laughs> a Mini Cooper, 14 hour drive. Isn't Gary the great, I mean, he's, his energy go is ahead. just, I mean, <laughs> Jesus. It's by the way, I think, we're, I, I think we're wrapping up. Steve and I almost broke up a few weeks ago, so you tell him what oh, we Jesus bring to Christ. the table here. Listen, I've wanted to fire every one of my openers, so I get it. They, well, they're annoying after it. a while. They are so... <laughs> like, at yeah, first, they're grateful, they're excited. Next oh, yeah. thing you know, i got to wheel my own back. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's what I was doing in Comedian, and nobody got it. Nobody got it. When I go, oh, I have to open my own door? Now, you guys are hot. 15 years later, everybody's my friend. Bert Kreischer's my friend again, everybody. <laughs> Hasn't asked me to be on his podcast, but I, you know, it's wasn't there for me. Lie. No, you guys, every one of you, you're like what the guys watching the, the Nazis with the trains going to Auschwitz, <laughs> waving at the train. You could have bombed the tracks. None of you, none of you comedians, no. laughing to the microphone, Kreischer. We were, we were, we weren't the Nazis. We were, we no, were, you weren't the Nazis. <laughs> no, we were, were the Swiss going. Ah, I could have joined that team, but thank God I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is honest. It is odd that like. Like, there were a lot of people that shit on you back in the day. In but, New York? Yeah. But um, that's what's beautiful about making it to where we have. Uh, Orny survived. Even Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary does. I mean, he's. And the best part about having Gary open for me is I don't feel compelled to give him extra money because he's got Conan money. You know, the other guys oh, yeah. are like, you know, giving extra money to help Wait, sell how the merch. Wait, how much do you give? How much do you give? It really depends how much merch they move for me because I know oh. how much I'll sell. So okay. it's that you so- sell well on your own. You move it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's 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 talk merch money. Uh, wait, uh, but, but, wait, wait, how much money do you think you're moving in merch a week? Ooh, huh. I could live off my merch. Could yeah. you really? Yep. God bless. Orny sells a lot. Wait, I'm trying to think. I you, definitely I bet you live do. off my merch. I probably sell more than any other. Do you sell a lot of merch? Uh, probably about three grand a week. I could not live off that. Is it you That's sell the, the bumper stickers? Yeah, I got no, I, no, but I've got like five fucking shirts. I got a sweatshirt. I got a book. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, but I, but I. What do you sell I, the most of? Which uh, right who now wrote the, the sweatshirts? Book? Me, legit me. And you know what? Out of fucking, I went to go sell the book, and uh, and I was at a place where a, a guy I had known uh, had written his book, and I said, uh, they said, you know, we'll give you X amount of dollars if we get a ghostwriter, or we can give you twenty thousand dollars if you write it. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely writing it. I go dot dot dot. Wrote his book. And they're like, he did not write his book. And mm-hmm. I was a fucking liar. So I took the less money, wrote my own book, and then it was a mistake. <laughs> but here's the deal. And Bert, if you'll allow me Big ten seconds, Bert. If you'll allow me ten I wish you could starting see out. Yeah, this is so great. Ten, Bert's amazing. I want to hear ten seconds. Go. No, I, I I think that we've all reached a point in our lives. If when you reach forty, 
something happens to people's career. It either yeah. keeps going or it just drops off. Yep. You know what I mean? Eddie yeah. Lift. So <laughs> what happens is people people that make it to a certain point, you feel good. I'm sorry. Is that bus driving by right now? I'll jump on another podcast. You, you f- We're very secure. Closer to the mic, Bert, if you're going to laugh that much and wipe tears. We, we're we all very secure with where we are in, in our careers, yep. and we're not as competitive as we once. Because Eddie, I love Eddie, and he's a guy who I used to be really I love Eddie, too. I love Eddie, too. Yeah. I love Eddie, too. So I, Remember so. how annoying he used to be when he yeah. really thought he had a shot? I mean, remember? <laughs> I mean, if Australia disappeared tomorrow, what we'd be feeding him. <laughs> I, that was the last words I had with Ralphie was about Eddie in, uh, doing Australia. I was in Australia, and I was fucking in a hate spiral, and Ralphie texted me. Uh, and I'll, I'm, I will, I'll leave it at that. I should just fucking, I'm, now I'm drunk. Would you like some more Bushmills? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, this, uh, this business, I'm, when I was at, I was at the St. Louis, uh, Funny Bone. No, no, St. Louis, uh, the one with the green room? Helium. Oh, the good one. In the mall. Yeah, That's right. That's a nice one, yeah. And so, I'm, uh, this is, I'm 43 years old. This is, uh, uh two years, a year ago. But I was 43. My birthday's in November. I'm 45 right now. Happy belated. Thank you. And uh, I'm in the car, and the man. I wish you just said me. two years ago, but okay. <laughs> no, but it was a year ago today. <laughs> so much it's math Im- involved. It's important because it was That's a year ago today. That's drunk math right there. And uh, the managers, I'm looking at this little uh, mom and pop uh, grocery store, and they're sweeping outside. And I thought the amount, they're caring about this shit business. Like, I'm, we're at a stop sign. I'm watching them sweep the front step, and I'm going, it's just going to the parking lot. I'm, I remember thinking, like, no one's going to notice that it's clean out there. But they were taking pride in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool that they do that. And the manager who's driving me to radio just goes, so how much longer do you think you can do this? And I was like, huh? <laughs> he was like, this comedy. I mean, like, you're 43. Like, what, how many years you got left that people want to see you? Like, four? And I, and I realized my career was like this mom and pop sweeping up their like here i am writing material but i'm basically sweeping up the sidewalk outside a convenience store yeah and going like wait what the fuck's gonna happen to me and not and just going like so wait maybe the goal is you just do really great stand up and try to be the best you can be and that's all you can give people and then maybe want someone fucking buys your grocery store and, or they want to find oil on your property but I remember that fucking struck me so hard that that night I got in a fight with Doug Benson on stage. Anyway. <laughs> what? Uh, 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 who knows? Who knows? Secret time? Are we doing secrets? Anyway. Yeah, I know what you're saying is that. I just like the drunker you get, the more names you drop. You have <laughs> Ralphie May, Doug Benson. I'm telling you. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the, the best times I had on the road oh. when I was young and just was that Jameson tour, especially with Kreischer. Because Jameson is funding it. We're drinking Jameson. And this dude, I mean, every night was a party. It was so fucking fun. In Minnesota in particular, that one. Dude, that was when that bucket was when, game I, I that say you this, created. I was like, what the fuck? And we had a blast. I say that's when blast. I turned you. I say that's when I turned you. In my so head. So Jameson drank Because, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> into like, I remember seeing, there's a, there a different Steve that I don't think anyone really remembers. Or maybe you see hints of. But like Steve would go into the green room and he'd watch a documentary on his iPad, on his iPhone, on his computer, <laughs> and he'd just watch a history documentary and he'd just sit there and watch it. We'd all be hanging out, he'd have headsets on, and everyone would be like hanging out. And Steve would be like, "Get done the show." He's like, "I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna run." And you'd run like six miles in the middle of the night. He'd just go run and then go to bed. And I was like, "Man, he is really fucking Asian." And so, <laughs> and so when we went to 
Minneapolis, I remember yeah. saying, why don't you stick around tonight? I think Jess's parents were coming out yeah. or something. I said, why don't you stick around tonight and let's fucking throw a party? And you're like, what do you mean? I go, dude, trust me. I'll set up a game. We'll get everyone to gamble. Just, just if the louder we are, people will stay around. It'll be a lot of fun. I remember halfway in the game, your eyes were like wide open. You were like going like, Bert, this is, like, we're having a fucking blast. Because <laughs> it was a bullshit game with a ball of fucking yarn or something yeah. that we're throwing into a bucket. And we've got like 500 bucks on the game. He's and got... everyone's playing. And the bars, and the bars making a ton of money. And Steve was like, this fu-. And we did that. Every, Every fucking night, night after, after that. that. Yeah, it was so fun. Oh, we so come nice. up with just a game of chance. I remember the remember the one we did in uh, Chicago where you held beers. Oh my in the, god! In the Christ yeah. pose. Yeah, that's that's right, on yeah. my YouTube. You can find that on my YouTube. <laughs> yeah, because Steve shot it, and I turned the camera mic around so he could commentate it. So he's like Howard Cosell going around the bar, and you got twenty dudes all sitting with Steins. all these dudes are doing. It, it was so. Funny. It was the greatest fucking time. It was great. That was a fun tour. Great tour. Um. With that being said, I, I do want to wrap this up because I don't I don't want to you know drown it out. But I I I a I cannot thank you, Orny, for hearing me out. A because the miscommunication. But B, just know in the years since uh, comedians come out, there have been probably a dozen times I've defended you on that very point. I've always appreciated your work ethic. To me, the Orny I know in the film is the guy with a notebook full of yeah. papers and scraps and the guy that's putting up all his note cards with the jokes. And that's the comic I've always respected. And now. To get to spend time with Orny the person has been great because it's been a long time coming. And then Chrysler, you know I love you. I and know, we go know. back to the to the days of Boston and all the days running around New York and just you're the best, man. I love you. And I and I meant what I said the other day when I ran into you. I was just like, I'm so happy to hear for your success. Oh, thanks. Man. Every club you go to, it's like, oh, Chrysler was just here. Packed. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's really nice. And it's about time. It's a long time coming. And, that's, yeah, that's Bert, success. I saw. And you we got were... like two more years left. Yeah. Two, yeah. More years two more years. Yeah, <laughs> I can just make what I made this year. For two more years, I can retire. Yeah. I, I saw you when we were in Phoenix for the All Things Comedy Podcast Festival, and middle of the day, uh, you were out there with Doug Stanhope. I, it sold out stand up live. I mean, it was just it was so crazy. Well, That's we're going to do awesome. that. We're going to do that tour, uh, uh, Colin Sick to Work tour this summer. Uh, there's going to be a tour bus that will travel us from city to city. I'm going to put the word out to all my friends. Obviously, if there's a date you want to hop so on, funny. I got a guy get... named Eddie selling a bus. By the way, <laughs> <If> you... <laughs> this one's a legit tour bus. Okay, <laughs> and and I'm going to put out an email to all my friends and and let you know the tour dates. See which ones you guys want to hop on. If you if you're in a city, hop on one and, get, and travel from another city to another city, and it's going to be a blast. There's a bunch of people that have already kind of. Uh, committed that or it's going to be just fucking fun. It's Who's a, doing it? Who's committed to it so far? I uh, can't really say because we have. You really love dropping up. names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Rogan's weird about that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not definitely not doing it. Um, <laughs> he's way too big. But it's, it's a theater tour, and it's That's uh, great. in the mornings. It'll be like at ten in the mornings. Uh, it's it's gonna be funny wow. shit. It's gonna but be you've fun. been doing these shows for a long time, and I always thought, what a fucking great idea. He'll just go to Pittsburgh. You're gonna call off work. You're gonna call in sick today. You're gonna come out. We're gonna fucking party. And yeah. and Has whoever's in town club. does the show. And yeah. it's such a fucking because because people feel like they're in, they're in school again. They're like calling. Oh. In, it's hooky. Uh, day, it's great. Day drinking is the best. <laughs> but what happens after this? You're drunk right now, Bert. What happens? You take a nap. Uh, is there is there a later? No, I've already got plans. I'm going to Best Buy. Uh, uh-huh. Nothing like spending money at Best Buy drunk. Uh-huh. I'm gonna buy a Gorilla Pod. I'm gonna <laughs> Uber. I'm Ubering everywhere, by the way. Good. I'm gonna Uber home. My family is all sick. I'm gonna run over to Gelson's. I'm gonna get the mixings for matzo ball soup. Mm. I'm gonna get matzo ball soup. Then mm. I'm gonna buy the Matrix so mm. we can all watch it. I'm gonna hop on the treadmill. I'm gonna do a light walk, 
at like a 4.2. I don't believe For this. about four miles. I, I do it every this. single fucking day. It. You're he so does it drunk. A light, all the nope, time. Nope. I'll open a bottle of wine, do the light walk. Well, there's it's more just, drinking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh did with, you think I was going to stop? Tread, well, oh, come all, on. Wow. We, we opened the bottle. As soon as you, I, the idea that you might have fucked my wife got me, I'm drinking all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to, and then does we're going to. Yeah. What? No, Go ahead. Say, 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 say it. Just say it. No. Just say it. No, don't cut the fucking music. That shit off. Put the music louder. <laughs> there so is. what I wanted to tell you, Bert, was <laughs> <laughs> Well, we this has been the Gentleman's Dojo <laughs> our, our longest episode ever Our longest episode our, One of my favorites I just did one with Brett Ernst on my podcast that was four hours And we edited out an hour of Jesus We edited out an hour that Brett I was like I was so bad I had a hockey playoff game when I came to yours and I Yeah, we gotta redo that I I really want to redo that one Because I felt bad we just about did an that. hour No one really drank I said, Gary, if you want, you can stay. And you were like, I have stuff to do, too. Like, you were important. <laughs> I might, you were kind enough to let me bring my dog. Yeah, I brought my right, dog yeah. there. We would, lo- we would love to do that again, obviously. We got to do it again. Yeah. We should all do it. We should go to Burt's. And you could. Uh, we could definitely do that. We can definitely do that. You can that. say hi to somebody that, that he should. No, Orny's never Listen, invited I, to my I, house. I, no. I want to say this. Turn the music down for one second. Because this is, this is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do we have sponsorship for this particular segment? Here, Please don't be a here's the truth. sponsorship. I, I, I don't want to even joke about it because, uh, and if Bert, you know, we can discuss whatever needs to be discussed off the air. Um, <laughs> Bert just went, oh. <laughs> because I, my heart breaks for these situations because I, I'm a guy... <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> Have a it's, sip. By the way, this is my... I'm a guy who... This is it my breaks 14th my year wedding anniversary today. Yeah. Is it really? Today. Wow. Today. A lot of things go 14 years. <laughs> now, and then they end. But sometimes... I, no, I don't even want to... I don't even want to joke. I don't even want to joke because it... Uh, as a guy who has dated uh, women that have moved on and, and, and dated my fr- it drives me nuts. Nothing bothers me more. And it it honestly will, would break my heart if uh, we'll, we'll talk off the air. This is Play the Music. Let's <laughs> you go. Stuttering. Oh. Listen, no, no. C- cut the fucking music. No, music's good. <laughs> I love this theme. <laughs> Play All the right. Kid one again. By the way, our thanks. <laughs> By the way, we normally do. This is no joke. Steve, our podcast. Does it bother you if you podcast. if you knew if you was the music still on? It's does off. it like if you found out Eddie if it had sex with Jess? Yeah, yeah, I'd kill myself. I would literally kill myself. Yeah. The worst I would part. quit. Not only I would quit comedy, I would kill myself. I would, I would kill her. Mm-hmm. The worst I'd part kill myself. is it would relive one of one of Orny's hacky ass jokes of. You ever think about your girlfriend and go, hey, maybe she's sucking someone's dick right now, huh? My future girlfriend. I, I love that. how you change what I open with on Letterman. A nice, clean joke. Oh, you open that with uh, on Letterman? Yeah, yeah not <laughs> sucking, you know, not with your verbiage. Not with your, let's let's skip, let's skip, let's go skip, skip work today and get drunk and, and, and use foul language, Bert. I, I, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have a stroke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, oh. but I... I'm one of those guys. It dr- Steve, I, we can leave. <laughs> I, no, I love this dra- drawing it out. I, I, I don't want. Um, he doesn't want that out there. I can't date. I, I, I don't think I can date people in Hollywood. My goal for 2018 is to date somebody that uh, that is not. Uh, I, I'm worried about Bert because that's not apple juice, buddy. You I, did. <laughs> the way you chug it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. a grown up, Orny. Okay. <laughs> I don't put all deal. my dreams in my career. Sometimes I put them in a bottle. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jesus. It's Be healthy. a man. This podcast was ending 14 times. <laughs> <laughs> Orny Adams. Yes. Order, where can they find her? Where can they find you, bud? Uh, just uh, I don't check know. out the movie Comedian. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at our. 
I don't want to say it, but yeah, thank you. They, I don't know. You can find me. Orny and I are doing Pittsburgh this summer, Steve. So if you Very want nice. me back, you can start begging now. Uh, I should okay. have known and I have a summer tour together. Yep. I don't want yep. you back. <laughs> I love you, Kreischer. I love, I love you, Orny. I love you, Gary. Happy New Year, gentlemen, by the way. Happy New Year. Yeah, and all the best. I hope you guys have killer fucking shows and a killer 2018. See you at the airport tomorrow. Bert, remember the time we saw each other in the airport? Dallas? Yes, I do. I have a picture from that, and that girl recognized you as the werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Team Wolf. Team Wolf. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so anyway, Bert. (laughs) 